Justin, on behalf of the church, I want you to know we love you, which means that you're stuck with us. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you're family now. Thank you. And as family, we'd love to have a word of prayer with you and for you. Our Father and our God, we thank you so, so much for this day and this opportunity that we have, God, to hear from you through your vessel. Father, we pray your greatest blessings on Justin. We thank you for the healing that you have done in his life. God, we thank you for his family, his wife and his kids, and we pray your blessings on them. And pray, God, as he continues to seek you, to chase you and to glorify you, that you will take him to places that he never could have dreamed before that you will protect his family, guard his marriage, and flourish it as only you can. We thank you for this time and your presence in this place, and we give this prayer in the name of Jesus, who makes it all possible. And everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Justin. I thank you. Wow. <laughs> Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. I don't know, but I think I'm going to preach before Justin in the second service. <laughs> Good night. Music moves us, doesn't it? I mean, what Justin just did here on this stage, what he does every time he takes the stage, there, there's something about music that, that moves us. It it stirs something deep down inside us when it's done right, when it's done well. It, it, it evokes emotion. It, it provokes some kind of motion in us and from us. And I think that's part of the reason that we, we love to, to take our music with us. Because if you weren't here in this room, it, it's hard to explain what you and I just experienced it. But if you could, if you could somehow capture it and carry it to somebody, then I think you, they would begin to maybe get a little bit of a flavor and an understanding. They'd be like, dude, next time he's in town, I'm going to hear him. I think that's why recorded music is such a massive industry. If you go all the way back to the beginning and those early scratchy recordings of Thomas Edison and Alexander Graham Bell, all the way through to when they went down on vinyl, LPs, and even beyond vinyl LPs when there was that huge revolution. You know what I'm talking about, the reel-to-reel recorder. How many of you ever had a reel-to-reel recorder? My grandfather had one in his living room. It weighed 8,000 pounds. <laughs> but reel-to-reel, of course, gave way to cassettes and, and of course, eight tracks. How many of you remember fast-forwarding through an eight-track on track four to get to the song you wanted to be on on track one. Let me just see a show of hands. Some of you will have to explain what I'm talking about at lunch to the younger in our crowd. But eight-tracks, of course, turned into cassette tapes. Cassette tapes turned into CDs, and we thought, man, CDs are it. We have arrived. This is the pinnacle of recording technology. Until a little thing called Napster came along. Remember Napster? Napster, and then MP3s, and then our iPods, and we shuffled our way through life, and now we share and listen on Spotify. It's just mind-boggling. But you know, in the last few years, in the last few years, some among us, the, the true audiophiles, have abandoned the digital 
and they've returned to the old school vinyl LPs. That they've chosen to go back and, and pick up their music and they, don't, don't act like you've never smelled it. If you're an LP person, you smelled the record before. You know what I'm talking about. You, you, you appreciate the artwork on the cover. You read the liner notes, the musicians and the vocalists. And then you, you set it down on that, that, that turntable. And, and you can see it turn. It's not like the CD. You don't know if that thing was spinning or not. But there's something in the experience of vinyl, of the LP that is, it's deeper, it's richer, it's a warmer sound, and it's not nearly as pristine or precise as digital, but, you know, Billboard magazine said just recently that vinyl is not just about music, it's about the experience. I, I think that's the perfect picture of the Christian faith as it's supposed to be lived out, as it's supposed to be played out of and through our lives, that it's not about pristine precision, but that it's about the the depth and the richness and the fullness of an experience with Jesus Christ. More accurately, it's the relationship that we get to experience that, that to be sure, it is not going to be perfect. There are going to be some scratches, as Justin shared with us so graciously, so bravely and transparently. Sometimes the scratches run pretty deep. But it's even in the scratches in our lives that, that God plays out for the rest of the world to see and to learn and discover who he is through us, the depth of this relationship that The more you and I look like Jesus, the more we resemble him in the way that we live our lives, the more high-fi our lives are, the more accurately we represent Jesus who created us, Jesus who has called us into a relationship with himself. That's what high-fi really means. High-fi, if you go back, it means high fidelity, highly faithful to the original recording. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to be highly faithful to the one who called us originally, to the original himself. And so that's why we've titled this series that we're beginning this weekend, Vinyl, Life in Hi-Fi. And to to get at this throughout this series, we're going to go through together the book of Ephesians. As you read through the Bible, there's this incredible clarion call that recurs inviting us to follow Jesus, to to be a child of God in a relationship with Christ. But specifically in the book of Ephesians, there's this incredible declaration. There's this this call to this hi-fi lifestyle that is worth our time over the next few weeks as we we mine this book of the Bible for for the, the vein of principles and practices that make our lives what they're supposed to be about when we step into a relationship with Christ. If you've got your Bibles, and and by the way, I want to challenge you and encourage you, bring your Bibles over the next few weeks. We're going to dive down into this book together, but also you can do some advanced study throughout the week. We're going to kind of carry it verse by verse, chapter by chapter over the next few weeks. You can be preparing as we go through this. But the whole series is anchored in Ephesians chapter number 5, 
verses 1 and 2. This is the baseline for this entire series. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. You are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So in essence, you and I are to mimic, we are to follow the example, imitate and emulate Jesus himself. He is the original recording. He is the image of the invisible God, the Bible tells us. So he's the original. Jesus is the master recording. Now in in record world, when a band goes into the studio, they they go in and they, they lay down the vocals. They lay down the instrumental tracks. And those things are mastered and mixed together And then that master recording goes in a vault because as technology progresses and advances, those master recordings can be taken out of the vault and then enhanced and improved with that new technology. It's a lot like our faith in Christ, that as we follow the master and we emulate his recording of the invisible God, as our lives grow and mature in our faith, then we are enhanced and deepened in our relationship with him. So this is our our calling throughout this series, throughout our lives. Follow the example of Jesus. Now, if you'll notice in Ephesians 5 verse 1, it says, imitate God, therefore. What that means is the chapters 1 through 4 really are Paul's setup for this charge here in chapter 5 and chapter 6. So chapters 1 through 4 of Ephesians are actually Paul explaining the gospel, helping this church in Ephesus to understand what they are to believe, what they are to, what they're called to live out, and then showing them how to do it. If you go all the way back to Ephesians chapter 1, at the very beginning of this letter, Paul gets into it. He says, this, is, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Faithful followers, high-fi followers of Jesus. High fidelity, meaning we are faithful to the original. We're not making it up as we go along. We're not saying, well, you know... I would do this part of the Bible, but that just, I don't know if that's really for me. I can't imagine a God who would say, do this. Because God wants me to be happy. And if I do that or don't do this, then I'm not going to be happy. So I'm going to put that part of the Bible on the shelf, and I'm going to do what God wants to make me happy. Have you ever had that argument with yourself? Don't don't raise your hand. I have. I'll I'll go ahead and stand up here and tell you. I have done this. I know what I'm talking about. I, I get to tell you some great news today. God doesn't want you happy. He doesn't. 
Tell your neighbor right now, God don't want you happy. Now, I'm not being funny. It is kind of funny because so many of us think that, that God's whole reason for existence is to make us happy. Like, like God wakes up in the morning going, whew, I got to get on it. Mac is already awake. How can I make him happy today? God does not want you happy. God wants me. He wants you obedient. That's what God wants. Now, in our obedience, God provides fulfillment and peace and grace. All of those things that we strive for, that we think the things of this world will provide, God has ready for the taking, but it's wrapped up in the packaging of obedience, of being obedient to what he has told us biblically. And and obedience in God's economy is never drudgery. It's not always convenient. It's not always exactly what we would want to do, but it is always peaceful and grace-filled. This is what it means to be a hi-fi follower of Christ. You see, throughout this series, we're going to talk about faithfulness. I want to give you a working definition of the word faithfulness. And I would encourage you to write this down because it's something that we need, especially Monday through Saturday. Man, Sunday morning, faithful's easy. I mean, when we come to church, it's easy when we're here and we walk in and, and everybody is, is you know, more or less bathed and clothed and, and happy and doesn't matter what kind of family argument you had in the car on the way to church. I know, it happens. We're like, of course I'm happy. Amen. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. Let me give you a little bit of this. And, but it's, 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 on, it's on Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 when, when your boss calls and says, hey, I need you to change some numbers on the quarterly report. It's Thursday night before Friday when you're at your kid's football game and the coach doesn't put him in or her. It's, it's on a Tuesday night when the kids are screaming downstairs and you and your spouse are not on the same page. That is when we need this working definition of faithfulness. Faithfulness means this. It's two words. Honoring commitment. Honoring commitment is faithfulness. Now we know that God is faithful. He has honored his commitment to us. When we come into a relationship with Christ, when we step over that line of faith, God says, I will never, say never, never never leave you nor forsake you. Ever. Do you understand that nobody can make that claim? No human being can ever make that claim. Now, we can, we can promise and hope that it holds true. It's kind of what I did with Julie 26 years ago. I said, I do. But to be honest, I didn't know that. I, I hoped I would be faithful. I hoped I would hold that commitment. And for the record, I have. But I just want to be clear in case you're new around here. I'm not getting ready to go into some kind of testimony or something. 
But when God says he is faithful, he will never leave you nor forsake you. His faithfulness is above reproach. His faithfulness is a given. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has honored his commitment always. This is what faithfulness is. Our faithfulness, our faithfulness to him, our faithfulness to God is the master recording of his faithfulness to us. Our faithfulness to God is the master recording of our lives, of his faithfulness to us. As we live that out in faith to him, hi-fi reproducing the original Jesus, as we live that out, the rest of the world hears the music of amazing grace. The rest of the world hears the song of a life that has been forever changed and touched eternally by grace. This is what it means to live in hi-fi. Now, it's imperative that we understand God's grace, God's amazing grace allows the music to be heard even through the scratches of our lives. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what I hope nobody ever finds out about from my past, God's amazing grace means that his song plays through our faithfulness. I, I so appreciate Justin and his, his transparency, his willingness to share where he was prior to Jesus. And the fact of the matter is, while we may not have been a rock star or a poet or somebody who can sing like that until we get to heaven, we all understand scratches. We all understand that the record of our lives have been damaged. I want to ask you just for a moment, if you would, bow your heads. And as you do, I want to just make sure that everybody in this room understands the fact, the fact that Jesus' death and resurrection from the dead heals the damage. Jesus repairs the scratches of our lives. And not only does he repair them, he can use them. He can take the ugliest of the ugly, the worst of the worst, and flip it. And flip it to use for his glory and your good. But you have to choose to receive his amazing grace. It's not something that just happens by osmosis or because you live in America. It's a relationship. It's a relationship that you choose 
to enter into. A relationship that Jesus initiated that we get to reciprocate. If you're here today and you've never stepped into that relationship, then we want to give you the opportunity to do that. You don't have to, you don't have to pass a test. You don't have to attend a certain number of classes. You just have to choose to live a hi-fi record of the original to follow Jesus in a relationship. If you're here and you would like to begin that relationship today, we want to invite you to do it right now by praying a prayer, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of surrender to the only one who will never take advantage of your surrender. Just right where you're sitting, you can talk to God silently. Just say something like this in your own words, just silently. He'll hear you. He's perfect. He knows your heart anyway. Just talk to God and say silently, Jesus, I need you. I want this amazing grace that you offer. Jesus, I confess my sin, holding none of it back. And right now, I receive your forgiveness, trusting that you hold none of it back. And I will follow you Follow your example. In high fidelity faithfulness from this moment forward. I want to ask you just to remain with your heads bowed for another moment, just in a holy, sacred moment. If you just prayed that prayer, and you meant it, then it's really important to us that you understand this is the greatest moment of your life. This is the moment upon which God will build every other moment. And as a church, as a family of faith, we want to help in any way that we can. So just, just a couple of things. If that was your prayer, before we dismiss in just a couple of minutes, if you would, fill out the Connect card that's in your program. That's, that's a tool that we offer to you to help. Anything that we can do just to come alongside at whatever pace works for you, if you'll fill that card out and indicate there, I committed my life to Christ this week. It's about halfway down the page. You'll see it. Tear it off at the perforation and just hand it to one of our ushers before you leave. 
We're here. We're available. We want to help. But the second thing I want to ask you to do as we remain in this sacred moment with our heads bowed, if that was your prayer, I want to ask you just to raise your hand up high over your head, quietly, but high. Hold it up there. And as you do, know that your hand in the air stamps this moment in your mind and heart. And your hand in the air stamps this moment in the mind and the heart of this church because this is why we exist as a church. There's nothing more important to us than this moment in your life right now and others like it. And that's why we say that we honor that. We celebrate that. And as you put your hands down, we put our hands together to tell you, welcome home. Welcome home.